Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels every moment of our lives. We have a really interesting topic today, aging and beauty. Now, interestingly, I was doing a little research on this topic, and I happened to mention to my husband as he walked by that I couldn't find much to read about, that there just wasn't much written about aging and beauty. And he just said casually, well, the two of them don't really go together, do they? What do you think, Mary? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So there is a myth in our society that aging does not equal beautiful. Basically, that as we get older, we lose value in our society. And this goes particularly for women. I mean, we live in a society where even our happiness is closely related to youthful looks. And the mere thought of getting older makes us shudder, right? Most of us work tirelessly to minimize any sign of aging. The thing I think of too is there's so many, there's so much depth to that story because I think one is the casual way in which he just said, you know, aging isn't beautiful. The two don't go together. I think as women, that we so often get caught up in what do we look like? There's that concept of attractiveness and beauty and uh, it becomes a self-identification or a way we have value or the way we have worth. And as that changes, we begin to see those changes as a loss in beauty. And that's, so there's that casual way it's stated as just that's a fact of life. And I think in order to really embrace beauty or to feel beautiful, we have to look at that and decide for ourselves is that a fact of life that I want to commit to? Personally, no. <laughs> I don't want to be uh, defined by my looks. I've never wanted to be defined by my looks. When we look at that concept of a loss of value as we age, there's that value I place on my very existence, on my abilities, on my creativity, on my intelligence. And I... I don't think those things are going away. As a matter of fact, I think they're actually deepening. But I think we look at our images of beauty and age. And where do we see this? We may see it in our families. We may see it in our homes and look at our parents or if they're still living grandparents and really be in awe of the beauty that they bring. But the media doesn't have a lot of places that we can see beauty depends on how you define beauty, of course, and the media in particular, which of course influences society, looks at beauty as youth. Yeah. You know, I want to add here that my husband is a pretty dang enlightened male. So for him to just casually throw out a comment like that, it really did strike me. And you're right, Mary, this is, this is an attitude that I think Basically, everybody in Western society holds. 
And one of the things we want to do in this podcast is just cast the light of awareness on attitudes like this, things that are so deeply, you know, part of our flesh and bone, um, and to say, really, what is beauty? That's uh, a very good question. Yeah. I think, too, there's a man's def- def- definition of what beauty is in a woman and a woman's definition of what beauty is in a woman could be two completely different pictures. Very true. And a man's definition of beauty often, uh, in a woman, often is tied in with signs of fertility, you know, the large breasts and the youthful glow and, and all of that. Um, we do tie it in to whether a woman is going to be able to be childbearing and attractively so. Mm-hmm. Well, as you get older, obviously that no longer comes into play. And so we get to ask anew. You know, now what is beauty? You know, that brings up a really interesting point because it's about the animalistic nature of humans. Yes. So there's a part of it that's just hardwired into the male psyche that he is to look for a woman that can procreate, you know, that could carry on the next generation because that's the animalistic drive. And then as we become domesticated, as we become more human, then we begin hopefully to look beyond that. But we have to be able to examine those things that are default thoughts, that are we're hardwired to perceive and go beyond it to the depth of what it is that we are looking at. You know, you look in the media and um, it's so interesting to me to see that you, I, I don't know that you ever, perhaps, perhaps I shouldn't say ever, my mother taught me never to say, always or never. So um, very rarely do you see an older woman in the media, for instance, a news anchor looking 65 years old and, uh, and reading the news to us. Without being parodied for being, I don't know, ancient. Hag. Yeah. An old hag. Mm-hmm. You know, we have had some models of that, but they're few and far between. There's far more instances of men who get more distinguished as they age, as opposed to women who don't become, they don't get praised for the way they look as they age. It's very true. And you know, it it just seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that we would really grow as women if we could understand that what we see in the magazines and on the screens and on the billboards should not dictate our lifestyle or our sense of self-worth. Yeah, that's a very good point because when you think about, say we take actresses, those that are over 60, there's a handful who are getting starring roles still. There's a handful that are uplifted as role models of aging. But for the most part, we have to recognize they've got lives where they can support a certain look. (laughs) They might have personal trainers, uh, personal beauty technicians, uh, drivers, and personal chefs, people who could take care of all those aspects of their life that might leave us a little bit tired by the end of the day. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice to have someone do your makeup and do your hair? (laughs) Oh, just drive me. Drive me around and so I could do things. Or someone who runs my book for me and keeps my, you know, make sure I stay on track Mm. with my appointments. But, you know, even those actresses, it seems that it's okay for them to look old, but not too old. Right. Well, there's a huge push for... Uh, maintaining that youthful appearance, making sure that we have no crow's feet or we don't show signs of wrinkling, 
that our hair is nicely coiffed and doesn't have a lot of gray in it. So it's it's disheartening, I think, when we're trying to um, be real and we're trying to live our lives in a way that's going to be beautiful, but it's hard to live up to that expectation in the same way that we talk about teens having difficulty living up to the expectations of the models they see in magazines. Mm-hmm. That we Do we let go of that as we get older? Are we still caught up in um, judging the self, uh, whether or not I measure up to what society has told me is beautiful? Yeah, and the media constantly gives us the message that older women are not appreciated. Uh, especially the ones that really look old, because you don't even see them. They basically just don't exist. Right, it's that invisibility. Yep, there it is again. Mm -hmm. So uh, part of what we're going to look at here today is, uh, do we feel invisible? And if so, how do we approach that Um, in a way that we can change feeling invalidated and invisible to feeling confident to feeling even possibly sexy within oneself and beautiful, whatever our age. You know, I had a realization recently. A friend posted some pictures on Facebook, and they were pictures from childhood. So there were pictures from grade school and from high school. And I was stunned when I looked at these pictures that I hadn't seen in years at just how beautiful everyone in those pictures was. Including you, right? Well, including me, as I looked at that person and went, oh my gosh, that's, you know... There was such um, an inner beauty and an outer beauty, and I couldn't help but comment, you know, if only we had known at that time how beautiful we truly were. I remember my mindset at that time. My nose was too big, my legs were too short, my torso too long, my hair was too curly and unkempt, I had acne, whatever, but I was not beautiful. And I projected outward this lack of beauty. And so others reflected back to me that, yeah, you really aren't that good looking. But when I looked at that picture through this lens of the years, it was stunning to me how beautiful I was and how beautiful my friends were. And so Mary, do you feel beautiful now? I think I've gotten better looking as I've gotten older. I don't feel invisible. This is one of the things that I've had many women talk to me about, their sense of invisibility going in and having people in a shop not see them and reaching over them to help someone younger. And I don't experience that. I feel more present. And I think a big part of it is self-acceptance. I no longer worry about my nose or my legs or my torso. They're just features that I have to dress in a certain way, you know, look for petite pants and extra long tops because of the way my body's built. It no longer strikes me as a flaw in any way, whereas when I was younger, all I could see were flaws. All I could see were the challenges, and now I like the way my hair looks. I know that you can't see me. Hopefully you've checked out our website and you've looked at a picture of me, but I have gray hair, and it's been gray since my 40s, and I love it. I think it's it's grayed very nicely, and it's been fun. I think I've stepped into feeling more comfortable in my body, and that's helped me to accept my own beauty. Hmm. What is so great about looking young anyway? 
Yeah, I mean, really, because with age, we we lose our youthful naivety. We get smarter. We get more confident. We get better at sticking up for ourselves. So it seems to me that getting older is hot. <laughs> That's it. And it's interesting because with that concept of getting older is hot, probably everybody is going, oh, my God. The what we're trying to get to is this concept that my feeling about myself determines my degree of attractiveness. Now, I don't want to gauge that by whether or not I'm getting that reflected back to me from the other men or women in my life. Agreed. Here, here. And so what about all the money our society is spending on products and procedures to erase signs of aging? You know, it's, that's a tricky concept. On the one hand, I think that there are a number of products which support the skin to maintain its elasticity, to maintain its clarity, to maintain, I, I don't want to say its youthful appearance, <laughs> but to maintain its health, its healthful appearance. So those kind of products I embrace. What I don't like is the ones that try to hold back time maybe try to to disguise what's actually there because i think of the the marks that i have on my face those wrinkles as being roadmaps of where i've been it's just a, a memory i always am telling people when i'm talking about wrinkles as i said you know my i smile a lot so the wrinkles on my face reflect that i've got crow's feet and i have crease lines around the side of my mouth because that's the way i hold my face mm -hmm. And so I don't mind seeing those wrinkles. The ones that I don't like so much are the worry lines up on my forehead because <laughs> I hold my head like that too. So I, if I can change my attitude towards what I'm seeing in the mirror, it's mm -hmm. going to make a big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when you think about back to the media, not even so much the media, but those who are perpetuating the idea that youth is value and aging is not. Uh, there is a lot of money to be made from this idea. Lots of money, millions of dollars are made from beauty products. And people uh, pour so much time and energy and of course financial resources into this. And I don't have any problem with it if you want to look your best and feel healthy as, as you age, and that's great. But if you're doing it out of fear, or if I'm doing it out of fear, because uh, I won't have value if I don't look youthful, that's something I don't want to, I don't want to go there. It's, it's my choice, rather, to feel confident in who I am, to love my skin no matter how much it's stretched. That's a paraphrase from Dolly Parton. And just to be happy with every milestone and every wrinkle and every year. And as you say, the way I look into the mirror makes a big difference. Am I looking with judgment or am I looking with love and maybe even some compassion? There's something you said there about the fear, the manipulation of the marketers who are trying to make you see those flaws, to only see those flaws, or to see your own features as flaws is manipulation and should be called out. I re I've read recently that before the 1960s, you had very few choices about shampoos. 
I was a Breck girl, which I'm hoping many of you were Breck girls as well. But um, at the time of the early, the mid '60s or early '60s, you had pretty three choice, pretty much three choices in shampoos. There was Breck and Prell and Head and Shoulders, you know, and that was about it. But take a gander next time you go into a, a grocery store or into a drugstore at how many hair products there are. And why is that? Because some marketer decided to make us think there was something wrong with our hair and that we have to take care of it in a certain way. And I'm one of those people that I, I bought into that and took care of my hair the way they told me to and did a lot of hair damage. I had it really, really dry and um, unattractive. Someone called it an Einstein haircut at one point. And I just stopped using products and started using baking soda and vinegar, which sounds weird to a lot of people, but my hair improved and now I can use products or not use products. But I think sometimes these marketers are not looking for ways in which your body can maintain its health, but ways in which they can sell you a product. And they have to do that by creating a problem that their product is going to fix. And there is no shortage of lack of self-esteem. <laughs> no shortage. It's, it is frightening when you think how many millions and billions of dollars go into making us feel insecure so that we will do X, Y, or Z or buy X, mm -hmm. Y, or Z. Right. Yeah. And I think if a person wants to have a procedure because it will help them feel better about themselves, going into procedures as opposed to products, you know, good for them. If that's what you want to do, if that's what's going to satisfy a need inside yourself, then do it for that reason, because it's calling for you to do it, not because it's going to fix your life in some way or hold back time. Yeah. Remember that confidence is an inside job. <laughs> I like that. You know, I think, I think beauty is an inside job. I when, agree. When we walk in and we feel really embodied or we feel powerful then people see us that way. And when we walk in and when we feel weak and we feel like all of our validate, we need validation in order to feel like we have value, then people are going to respond to us in that way. Mm -hmm. And I wonder about the women I've talked to who become invisible, how often do they walk in and think, that's okay, these other people can go first. I don't have as much value as this person that's next to me. And not to say I have more than, but I should be equal to. You know, every once in a while, I come up against the invisibility factor. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I enjoy it. I, I dig it because it's so funny to me that I would be seen as invisible. Maybe it's that inner confidence where it just cracks me up instead of making me feel worse. Mm -hmm. I think our best revenge is indeed cultivating that inner confidence. <laughs> revenge against the world. Yeah. The, um, I remember a friend that I worked with for a time, and she was commenting that she was walking down the street with her daughter. Her daughter was in like 23, probably 23, 24 years old. And they were walking past a construction site, and people were hooting and whistling and things. And she realized for the first time ever that that attention was towards her daughter and not towards herself. And she was telling me the story. She was sad. She was very, she said, not that she wanted them to whistle and make noise at her, but she realized for the first time that she wasn't getting attention in that way. And that is where she had gotten a lot of validation. 
and I think personally, because I never, because I only saw the flaws and I never really embraced being beautiful when I was younger, it wasn't, um, there's been no shift in that. I probably get more male attention now than I did when I was younger because of that. But I don't think it's the looks. I really think it's the self-confidence and the humor and the way I present myself. Yeah. I mean, I did get the cat calls when I was younger. I certainly don't get them now. Um, and I don't miss them. The cat calls were scary. They made me nervous. I mean, of course, there was that little bit of pride. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm so much happier walking through life without getting just attention for something that's not real anyway. It, truly, the uh, very beautiful people, uh, the you know, the ones that the world recognizes as the most beautiful, many times inside they are deeply insecure because they're being valued only for what's on the outside. I think if we don't change our attitude about beauty and about aging and beauty, we're going to be very unhappy. You know, that's what it really comes down to, isn't it? Yeah. It's the question of, do I want to be happy? And I believe happy people are better looking. Happy people... People are like magnet. You gravitate towards them. You want to spend time with them. You want to talk to them. We all have those people that complain a lot, and we don't. We're not, we don't get overjoyed when we see them coming towards us for a conversation, <laughs> because we know that that's what's going to happen. Is they're going to complain, and in the worst case scenario, it's going to bring me out in down, and I'm going to start to feel bad about these same things that they're complaining about. Yeah, and that's going to change what's you know, it's going to change how I look. It's going to change how I feel. And I think it's that idea of happiness I is really so. key tied in there. The other Happy. one I think of with this cat calls is the objectification. I never understood when I was younger what people meant by objectification. But I get it when they talk about people who are being acknowledged for simply how they look, that's an object. That's not who you are. Maybe you're a nice person, maybe you're not, but you're going to get called out because of what you look like because I don't care about any of the rest of it because you're just an object that's it so as you get older all that goes away <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the way to get older the way I want to get older is to decide for myself what beauty should be my own beauty rather than thinking of it as looking like this I'm going to change it as I go. You know, I'm, I'm going to look at those wrinkles, as you said, and see that this is a process of nature and I am connected with all of nature. And so here I am just doing what nature does. And, and when nature does what it does, it's beautiful. It's all in a, an order. Mm -hmm. It's funny, as you say that, I'm thinking how funny it is that so many people will say autumn is their favorite season, but that's where we're at, you know? And it's like, is, is this time of life your favorite time of life? Right. And it's because we can let go a little bit of some of the cares of being younger, some of the responsibilities as we move maybe away from that intense competition at our workplace or the drive that we might have had when we were younger and can we appreciate and kind of enjoy this time of life and slowing down a little bit and still keeping the body healthy? I think that health is, a, is really beautiful as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, the Buddhists talk about the concept of the comparing mind. 
So when we look in the mirror, do we compare ourselves with our own youthful appearance or with someone else's youthful appearance or with a celebrity's older appearance? You know, what are we doing when we look in the mirror? I think that's a really important time to be aware, to see the strength and the wisdom in our lines and our wrinkles, our personality, our character, the life that has been lived, Mary's laugh lines, for instance, just to keep a focus on how precious life is and how amazing that we are part of this life. So it's one of the thoughts is that we can embrace our aging and embrace aging beautifully. If we practice looking at ourself in the mirror and instead of looking for flaws, look for the things that you value about that face you're looking at or at the body you're looking at. What are the ways that you can accentuate those parts of yourself that you think are really good and how can you, you know, improve or downplay those that you don't that you might not care so much for like i said my legs are too short but that doesn't bother me anymore mm -hmm. so it's like looking for what's happening someone the other day was talking about varicose veins and she asked if i had varicose veins and i said well i don't know i hadn't looked and so i looked today and i have varicose veins <laughs> i had it was funny to me that i i didn't know when she asked me, but when I looked today, it was like, oh, of course, yeah, there they are. And they're not horrible, but I don't think I'm going to um, be going, be a leg model <laughs> for the time being. But did it matter? You know, it didn't strike me as something that I would have to hide or run away from. Right. There you go. I mean, the body is going to be constantly changing as we go older. I mean, age is happening. Mm -hmm. Let's wake up and just accept that. We right. are aging. That doesn't mean we're losing our beauty. It means that beauty changes. The standard of beauty can change within our own inner narrative, which then affects the greater narrative. And I think we call this podcast Aging Gracefully because what does it mean to age with grace? And it means we stop focusing on the outward and start working on the inward because the more we are happy, the more we feel connected to our own purpose and our own lives, the more we're going to project that outward and people will respond to that as attractive. Yeah. And you know, the great thing about that, Mary, is that that's not going away. We no. may lose our looks. We may use, lose our body performance. We may lose all kinds of outward things, but our inner life, our spiritual life can grow and deepen and be cultivated more and more as we get older. Right. And that leads to the quote that we thought perfectly summed up what we were talking about this week. It's from Stanislaw Jersey Leck. Youth is the gift of nature, but age is a work of art. This is Mary Thompson and Janae Anderson thanking you on behalf of Aging Gracefully for listening to us. Thank you. <laughs>